Welcome to the New Song Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us today. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message from Stephen about Jesus and how much he loves you. If we can serve you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok by searching New Song CS. If you've been impacted by this message, join those who so generously give so we can reach more people with the story of Jesus. Visit newsongcs.com slash give or text the word easy to 94000. Now sit back and enjoy this message. Uh, is Happy New Year? When you hear Happy New Year, is that overrated? It's some- if you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God Awesome. Would you be seated? Thank you, brother. We're going to continue with worship more at the end of service today or at the second part of service today. Um, for, hey, how's it going, Brandon? Nice to see you. You're still alive. That's good. That's not a funny joke, but we're glad to see you today. It's been in, yes. Anyways, good morning, everyone. Yes, I'm excited today. I'm excited what God's got on my heart. Um, you're living in a good day. We're living in a good time. The, the uh, era that we're in, and I don't just mean um, this decade, I mean this time for such a time as this. Uh, thank you, my brother. I'll, I'll call you back up in a, minute, in a couple of minutes. Uh, there's a scripture I'm going to get right into, just a, just a little, little uh, start of this. <laughs> Esther. Esther was this lady who lived in a perfect time in history. She, everything came together for the right purpose. All of her things that she's been through uh, were getting ready to come to fruition and um, there was a guy named Mordecai, and I'm not going to talk about context today. Maybe that's for another sermon. But um, the guy named Mordecai who figured it out, and he said this. Can you put up that scripture? Esther, chapter 4, very cool verse that many people know the end of. They just don't know the rest of it. He said, for if you remain silent, Esther... At this time, I'm going to put this closer so I don't have to yell. Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, who knows, but that you have come to your royal possession for such a time as this. And I just want to encourage you today, if you feel down and out, you feel looked over, you feel in the middle, you feel, I wonder if God is up to anything with me. I look at the, the events that have happened and it makes me wonder. Let me encourage you. For you, put up that scripture again. For you 
might have possibly come to your position, your royal position for such a time as this. Do you know what the Bible says about you? The Bible says about you, not what your whispers say about you, but the Bible says this about each of you. Are you listening? You are my child. You're my child. He looks you in the eye and says, you are royalty. You are kings and, and queens. You are princes and princesses. You are a royal priesthood. You are. Not me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my weeks look like. Oh, you couldn't say that. He says, yeah, you are. You, you, not because of what you are, but because of who I've made you. And I would say this. In the Living Bible, it says it like this. Do you know that you have been brought into the palace for such a time as this? So today I encourage you, not just, like I said, for, I'm not talking 10, 20 years, I'm talking right now. God has called you for such a time as this to where you're at with your family, to the friends you have, to the school you're in, to the church you're sitting in, to the people that are around you. You are called for such a time as this. As part of our time today, we're going to look at where we've been so we can see where God is leading us for such a time as this. Once a year, churches, uh, Foursquare churches specifically, we, we tell you where we've been, and, and sometimes it gets really boring. I'm, I'm not going to make it boring. It's not going to be business. It, I'm going to show you how it fits with such a time as this. You look at 2020. I don't know if you guys remember that year. Do you remember that year? You wonder. You might still wonder, God, what were you up to for such a time as this in 2024? So I need to move quickly. I got a lot to talk about, and I want to get back to our worship time and ministry time. Very practically, though, here is a picture I'm going to show you a picture of our finances, and I'm going to show you a picture of our attendance. Put up that slide. It's quite pleasant considering the inflation that we have experienced at restaurants, particularly McDonald's. I'm not happy with their menu, how it's gone up lately. I'm trying to loosen the mood here. You're all looking. All right. I want to point out three figures here in this in this. Um, slide, and if you can't see it, I'll tell you what they are. A word about um, this week, I sent out an email, and my wife said, you don't have the guts to talk about this? And I said, oh, well, I think I did something. I think I scared some people. They weren't sure what we were talking about today. And um, I thought about making a joke and say, all right, open up your voting ballots, and we're going to talk. No, we're talking, this is what we're talking about. And the reason I haven't had the, I haven't had the confidence, uh, I don't talk about giving very much. And it's because I know that it's sensitive to people. You've been, some have been hurt in church. Some have seen churches abuse their power, telling them certain things. And so I'm very sensitive to, I don't want people to be turned off by the church. 
And so you don't see me talk about it very often, but I felt convicted that, um, that I, I, um, am, I'm not letting people know what the Bible says, and it could keep them from something God might want to do in you. And I'm, not, I'm just being really honest with you. I feel like what, God, what I've learned from God and what I practice in my life, I want to make sure that everyone has the, the opportunity to experience this. And I'm held accountable by God for the whole Bible, so I need to share it. So the first figure I want to look at today, everyone can rest assured, we weren't talking about whatever you were worried about. I've had some texts this week, what are you talking about? I might not show up, right? Okay. First figure I want to look at is our monthly giving. Monthly giving allows us to uh, be generous. Here's October, November, December. Generous, and it also allows us to be faithful. Generous with our, with our giving outside of here and faithful with uh, what we have to pay. Uh, generous, we give to many things. You see it on the screen a lot. We give to Crossfire Ministries. We give to Compassion International. We give to uh, Colorado Springs Rescue Mission. Um, we give to Foursquare Disaster Relief. That's a big one. Um, these days, that's, that's our missions uh, that we give to for Foursquare. And then we also give to families in need, people that are part of our church. If, if they're in a tough spot and they're really a part of our church, um, that's something we also do. Um, then then uh, the, the bills that we, the, this also goes to, so we can be faithful in our, we pay rent. We don't buy this place. We're renting it. We're not sure what God's got for us next, but this is where we're at. We use this money to pay our bills each month, things like insurance, liability insurance. If someone tripped and wanted to sue us, <laughs> that, that uh, is kind of funny, but it's kind of like that couldn't really happen, so you've got to have that. Um, internet, websites, marketing, administration, ministry expenses to keep our ministries going, curriculum, um, supplies, Activities, events, printing, you name it. All of these things are in, in this group. Um, okay. Um, you can put it back up just so everyone, yeah. We have a council who keeps the church accountable for our budget each month. They see it every, they see it every month. They see how much comes in, and they approve what goes out. And we also have a bookkeeper, thank the Lord, who uh, watches the day-to-day. And she stays in contact with us and helps us see where we need to make decisions and things like that, which is awesome. All right. The second figure I want to point out to you is our monthly budget. Monthly budget need to break even right here. 21000 And if you see our giving each month, sometimes it makes it, sometimes it doesn't. Most months it does. When it, uh, when it doesn't make it, then thankfully we have a third figure, and that is the one down there says the bank account. We have investments of $32,000 that we don't touch. We make a whopping interest on that every year, not a whole lot, but I think we do pretty good. Um, and then the bank account is at $175,000. So every time the um, giving is low, then we, we dip into that a bit. Um, I'm so thankful that uh, during the pandemic and in 2018 and 2019, the church did amazing, and we saved a bunch of money like here, so we have this. I would love this, this uh, 
this account to be have more in savings because we have lots of things we want to do. We're not sure if God wants us to stay in this place. We don't know if we should move to another place in the future. Um, we don't. We we've considered. You know, we would like to have other staff. We'd like to have a youth pastor, a kids pastor. You know, a lot of things that other churches have that um, kind of falls on us, and that's fine for what, where we are right now. But um, if people are obedient in their giving, then that can go up. It is true, I believe in our church, and I don't know what anyone gives here, okay? Thankfully, um, my dad taught me, don't do that. You won't, it won't look good for you because he was a pastor. So I just know the giving each month. I don't know who gives what. But um, I do know that the 80-20 principle is true, the Pareto principle, that 80% of the uh, church is, is, is shouldered by 20%. That's just the way it is. And um, I can imagine what God could do if, if that, was, that, was, that was bigger. Okay, you can, um, let's move on. We also tithe each month to Foursquare. So when we bring in something, we give 10% of that away right back to our denomination. Why? Because we believe in the principle of tithing that you give back, and that's where we give back to. Um, that's our leadership, and we feel very strongly about that. And I want to talk about that just for a minute, because it's a guiding principle of our church that we tie. That's also a guiding principle of many of you, I would assume, and it's a guiding principle of my family. It's just who we've been. Since, uh, since I, I don't know, the last time I ever missed uh, giving my tithe to Jesus. This is a non-negotiable for us. We believe that the reason we thrive is because of this. And then um, I can't talk for you, so I'm going to talk about my family for a bit. This is my testimony. Even my kids have seen that um, they practice this in their life, 10%. We haven't coerced them. They just watch us and they do this. And they're also generous with their resources as well. I don't think that being, uh, being stingy with your resources is what God would ask. So I want to talk about a, a prophet in the Bible. He's Italian. His name is Malachi. So can you put up that verse? Malachi chapter 3, verse 7 through 10. <laughs> People are cracking up everywhere here, I'm telling you. I don't believe he was Italian, but I would suggest... How do you pronounce it? Malachi? I, I like Malachi, okay? Never said it that way, but here's, here's what it says here. Um, Ever since the time of your ancestors... I used to hear this verse every week at church. Every week. You probably know this verse too. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord. The people asked, well, what, how do we return to you? How are we to return? Verse 8. Will a man, a mere mortal, rob God, yet you rob me? This is the prophet talking in the place of God. He's talking what God's saying to the people. But you ask, we're not robbing you. How are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. You have pretty heavy Heavy hitting here, isn't it? Every week I heard this growing up. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring, before I move on, it's almost as if, if you look at God 
as a negative person in your life who's trying to catch you doing something wrong so he can, he can send you to hell? You got the wrong idea of God, okay? Maybe that's how your dad was, but your father God, I would think it, you could even say it like this, the last verse. You could say, you're robbing me. You're under a curse. And man, I wrote this down. I want to bless you so badly. And you sit there cursing yourself. I want you to understand what I'm trying to do here. I want to bless you. And then he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. 10% is what tithe means. That's just what it means. That there may be food in my house. I don't want to yell in this part. I want to be gentle. Test me. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. It's the only place, one of the only places in the whole Bible where God tries, he says to test me. He says, you, you see other places, don't put God to a foolish test. He says, test me. Try me. Watch what I might do. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I can only speak to what I have witnessed. So um, we have seen personally as a family, I said, exponentially the blessing of God, honoring God this way. And I'm not a extreme prosperity preacher in any sense of the word, as you know me. You should know me if you've been a part of this church for any amount of time. I don't believe in that. But I do believe in obeying God's principles and seeing him honor my obedience. And through the years, we've had times where our finances have been um, very, uh, very uh, thin. I'm watching you. You look really tense. She's afraid of what I might say. Very thin, where, where we've just like, what are we going to do? And every time, and I'm not speaking positively, I'm just speaking truthfully. Every time God has come through and blessed us. Uh, we've been in ministries, uh, youth pastoring, where, where typically you don't really make a whole lot. And, um, and we've always seen the blessing of God in every aspect. And um, it's because I believe we've honored God with our 10%. And I would say without exception, month after month, I've never missed. I wouldn't miss a rent payment. I would be so afraid to miss a utility payment. I would be so afraid to miss a car payment. And maybe I would be okay. But, um, but I would miss one of those before I would miss my tithe to, to God. And, and because I feel like... Um, it's my first fruits, and I'll share that verse in a minute. Um, but this is something really important I wrote down. I don't give a tithe out of religious obligation or requirement. That would be stuffy. That would, that would run out real soon. That would burn out real soon. We give it, and I circled this, and I underlined this, this sentence. It's a long sentence, but listen. We give it out of worship because we fully trust and have submitted to God's leadership, knowing we can do more with the 90% we have left with the blessing of God on it than we could ever do by selfishly holding tight to the 100% without his blessing. That makes sense? I don't need to say it again, do I? It's good, okay? 
Proverbs, look at this scripture. Proverbs 3, talking about wise people and foolish people. The whole book of Proverbs is like this. You should read one proverb a day. It's helpful for your life. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, he's talking about uh, a, a giving person and a not-so-giving person. And he says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. That's where I get it, the first fruits of all your crop. When I look at my, my, my paycheck, when I look at um, this scholarship, when I look at this uh, gift from this person or this gift from the government or this gift, the first fruits of all of my crops, honor him with it. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Uh, I feel like we've experienced this blessing. Our finances is really good. And um, that's important. But I want to uh, transition a bit and um, help, you, help us to remember that when we give to God, we're not just um, seeing financial blessing. You talk to rich people. Have you ever talked to a rich person who has a lot of money? And... They don't tithe, right? They've got their money other ways. But they'll often say, I have all this money and I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. I'm not fulfilled. And I wonder why. And um, we feel like even beyond finances, God blesses other ways. I was watching, and this may not be interesting to you, uh, but it's interesting to me. I was watching the Emmy Awards uh, couple weeks ago when I was preparing this and there was a guy who won almost everything across the board when it comes to to movies and actually it was I think it was TV right and he said I thought that if I could just win these awards if I could ever get to the Emmy Awards and and win I would have so much money I would never have to worry about uh, getting the next job because here I'm an Emmy Award winner right I would be happy for sure and now here I am, standing in front of you. I just won basically every award tonight. And it didn't bring me happiness. But I'm really glad I won. <laughs> and then he left. And I was like, that, isn't, that, isn't that the truth? Uh, I, I ran this by Cynthia before I preached it to you, preached it to her. She needs to hear it, let me tell you. Now. And she pointed out um, something, and she said, and I agree, giving back to God 10% of our income not only provides our financial needs, but we have seen every other aspect of our lives experience Makarios. You know what we've been talking about over the last few weeks with blessed is, blessed is, Makarios, happiness that goes beyond circumstances. Time and time again, God honors and brings breakthrough. I kind of feel like a broken record right now, now that I'm saying it out loud. So if I repeat myself, just give me grace. But I'm getting through all this. I'm going to. And I think I said this already, but I'm saying it again, I guess. Just relax, okay? You, sometimes we need to hear it more than once, all right? But time and time again, we've seen breakthrough. We've even seen God keep things from happening that could have happened. I said it like this. God has spared us from things um, we don't even know because of his protection. I'm sure many of you, that would be your testimony as well. 
right after that scripture, the scary scripture, uh, test me in this, see if I don't open the floodgates of heaven over you. He says something else. Verse uh, Malachi, verse 11, 311. He says, not only will I open up the floodgates of heaven over you and pour out so much blessing that you can't handle it, but you know what else I'll do? I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in the fields will not drop their fruit too early. Well, that doesn't minister to me. I'm not a farmer. I've watched people in my life who it seems like their crops are being devoured right before their eyes. And you're like, what is going on? Seem like things are good, and, but they can't seem to keep a crop. They can't seem to have extra they can't seem to get that fruit to get right before they exhibit it in their life. And I would say, and I obviously I don't mean really pests have destroyed their crops, but other ways in their businesses and lack of fruitfulness and families. And I won't say this. We have not experienced bad times. We've never experienced the pests of the enemy devouring us. Yes, that's happened. But more times than none, God has rebuked the devourer on our part. You see why this could be a little difficult to share? Because I feel like uh, it it's could, could be cutting, could be hit, hard hitting, but I'm sharing what's, what I've experienced in my life. He has rebuked the devourer on our part. We have seen the protection of God in a very special way. I just, I just am so thankful. I am so grateful, as many of you have as well. I want to share another scripture. This is found in, it's a part of the Bible called the New Testament. You familiar? Anyone familiar with the New Testament? It's um, the words of Jesus. We like to hear the words of Jesus. I don't know where we get it from that we say sometimes the Old Testament doesn't apply and sometimes maybe it, I don't know, but this, here's the words of Jesus. This will, this will bless you. This will encourage you. Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 38, he says this, give, it'll be given. Have you heard this one? And it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It'll be poured right into your lap. This part, I didn't realize is important, but it is important because it says, for with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. In other words, for whatever you're giving, it'll be given back to you. It's according to your measure. Most of us have experienced this, shaking together, running over. Oh, my Lord, God has blessed us. Like we have our testimony time and someone gets up in front and says, this is what God's done for me. Hallelujah. And I think possibly God would look at us sometimes and say, oh, man, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to what I want to do. My kids. They might do something and they say this went really good and I'm thinking, yeah, it went, it went good. Don't you want it to go great? I promise you, if you do this, this, it'll go great. Well, don't give me more rules. I'm not giving you rules. 
I'm just giving you guidelines. It'll help you to see more blessing. And I think we do this with God, and he would say, but the measure you use, the measure you give. And that's up to you. That's up to the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart as well. But I believe the Makarios that we have seen as a family is a direct result of what Jesus says here. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I see you, um, I see you uh, looking bored, and maybe some of you, and you know, I have a $100 bill here. It's not from the church, it's my money. But I'll tell you this. I'm looking around the room, everyone's going, hmm. Hmm. As we give, I can't do both at the same time. Let me just look across the room for a minute. Maybe it'll be Holy Spirit driven, or maybe it'll just be anybody. I don't know. It's Holy Spirit driven. I already figured it out. Okay. As we give, this is what it does for us. And this is probably what you've experienced when you're giving with anything in life. It takes worship away from the greatest American idol. Maybe sex is the greatest American idol. Maybe power, maybe fame, but money is too. Ben Franklin, does he deserve it to be on this one? I don't know, but when I give, it takes the pressure off of giving to the greatest American idol or worshiping the greatest American idol. My pocketbook. Hey, bro, this is for you. It takes the pressure off that. It takes the worry off that. It takes the, oh, what could I do with this money away from this? And it puts my eyes back on Jesus. And I say, wow, I'm free. I don't worship that. I worship you. Because when I give to you, oh, man, that's the best investment I can do. I've tried giving to um, MGM. I've tried giving to, I'm trying to think of, well, it's called ESPN Bets. I bet a dollar a week. I do. Maybe it's, a, it's wrong. Guess what? I never win. I never win. I bet on even my own team, the Kansas Jayhawks. I never win. There's been a couple of times I have won 35 cents. But when I give, when the best investment I can give is to God. And I make this point to say that it, it helps me to realize who I'm worshiping. When I just give it away, give it away, give it away, y'all. That's what I do. It's a song. Does anyone know Red Hot Chili Peppers? My son is seeing part of this blessing in his life. And this part will seem a little self-serving. And I promise you, I'm not being self I'm trying to be just super transparent with you. My son right now, Noah, he, he's a faithful tither. I, don't, I didn't teach him to do it. Well, I mean, I, I hope I taught him, but I never had a talk with him. All right, son, I don't want you doing this and this. I want you to tithe. No, I never did this, but he does. And um, you probably know his story. You're one of the three in the room that don't, then I'll come talk to you. But he's in Germany right now. He just went to the Vienna Opera last night. He's, on, he's working there for two months with his job. He works uh, four days, four six-hour days, and three days off. So he has three days off every week to travel around Europe. 
And so he's in Germany and went down there. And um, he told me he wants me to help him navigate Europe. So uh, next week, right after service, I'm going to Rome, Italy, and Paris, almost a complete all-expense trip, paid trip with him because he wants me to come with him. And um, I see that as bless the blessing of God. My daughter is a faithful tither. I didn't expect her to be on the front row today, but it works really good. looks really good, too. Um, she's very conscientious about it. She'll say, this is what came in. How much do I give back? Is this right? I just got this gift. Should I give a tithe this? And I'm always like, I don't know. Ask the Holy Spirit. She's so faithful. So faithful with it. Over the last three years, Reagan has graduated high school. She graduated cosmetology college. She's already paid off her loans from college. I think it was like $20,000. Is that right? $22,000. She already paid off her car loan um, that I thought would take her 30 years. And uh, she's living in the city in a loft in downtown Denver. She's working at one of the most successful salons in all of the United States. And, um, and each month she gets, uh, from time to time, she's gotten scholarships from her days back at college. So she's already paid her loans, so she puts it in her pocket. I watched her make her decisions coming out of high school into college and out of college. Um, and the doors opened for her and closed for her pretty, pretty easily. It was kind of tough, but it was pretty easy. I look at that as the blessing of God. I look at that as the favor of God. Um, and if you are one here that doesn't know, in the, uh, doesn't know uh, one of the two in the room that doesn't know other blessings, she, when she got out of college, she has no experience in hair, okay? She really doesn't. She got offers in every, almost every single major city in all of the United States of where she could go work. But she's working in Denver, perfect place. And guess what? She has weekends off, and she serves Jesus. She comes, she comes to his house every week. She wouldn't miss. If she, yeah, you can clap for her, but she'd rather not have the clap. She'd rather get the blessing from God, so you don't need to. She even was at church this week. She found a church down there she goes to two times a week. No coercion. From us. Okay. I'm kind of wanting to throw up right now on how good. Yeah, I'm not sure you're probably thinking. All right, enough. Enough said. Get with the plan, I would say to you. Get with the plan. Watch God do the same for you. I'm going to encourage you at the end. Uh, I'm going to uh, help, help the, I'm not going to help the Holy Spirit. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to convict where he needs to convict. Um. I had, I had a couple more testimonies. I'm moving on. You're welcome. You're welcome. But I got up on this, on this subject of tithing because I wanted to make the point we tithe as a church because we believe in it very, very strongly. Okay. Everyone relax for a minute. Would you stand up? Would you stand up with me? Where I, got, I got a second half. <laughs> Sorry, but I do. Relax. Smile at the person next to you. Hi. Tell, tell them you don't like the pastor or you do like the pastor, whatever you want to say. All right, all right. Let's sing a cappella. No, just kidding. Be seated. I didn't tell you to be seated the front row, and they sat already. 
The other stat we want to look at that shows where we have been so we can see where we are headed for such a time as this is attendance. Could you put up this stat? It's pretty easy to understand. This points out how 2020 tried to wreak havoc on America, probably across the world. And happy, happy to say we are bouncing back, but I would much rather the numbers be different. And God has really dealt with me about this. This is just off the cuff. I'm afraid of what I might say right now. Uh, I'm just talking. But um, he, he's dealt with me about this, and he told me uh, pretty clearly, you stop worrying about the numbers. You stop worrying about stuff that's my business. I build the church. What you need to worry about is you better be faithful to preach the Bible. You better be faithful to love one another. You better be faithful to be a neighbor. You better be faithful to follow the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's your business. This is my business. And I fall off the wagon times, and I'll get all depressed. The Monday will come, and I'll say, God! But really, I say to Cynthia, Cynthia, what the... What the I don't cuss. I really don't. I, I act like I'm going to cuss, and then I don't. I do that. What the? What is going on? What am I doing wrong? Like, what are we doing wrong? What's wrong with these people, right? I quit. Let's quit. Let's go do something else. This is not worth it. And then the Lord reminds me. I see, I don't know what I'm going to say next. He just reminds me, you're, don't stop being stupid. And just be faithful. Be faithful to what you're called to do. You don't have to make, um, you don't have to pay people to come to church, right? You just do your thing. I'll handle that other stuff. All right, so churches larger than us um, um, are having a more difficult time with this because if you've got more people, you lose more people during COVID. You know that 90% of churches are our size or smaller. That's what's keeping America going. And, and the big churches are great too. But smaller churches don't suffer as much as bigger churches have. And uh, I want to share scripture before I share this ne next statistic because it's, um, it's alarming. Tony, you've been missing all of this? Oh, my goodness. I'm just kidding. Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. Have I been talking like for hours? I feel like it. I feel like, oh my gosh. Oh, this, this is important. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. Another verse familiar to many of you who have been in church a long time. You used to hear this every week. Let us consider a a. a Letter to the Hebrews, we're the Hebrews as well. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up, meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing that. But we should encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. This is like 1,500 years ago or something. 
and they're saying the day's approaching. It must really be approaching soon. Here's the stat I wanted to tell you. Something like 50 to 60% of the church of, of America today goes to church one time a month. One time. That's even the most faithful of attenders. You could say, well, what is it for? I'm not this is not a seminar on why. You can blame a lot of things. Live stream and COVID and all that kind of stuff. But one time per month in a physical Sunday morning worship gathering. I was talking to one of my friends who's, who's a pastor of a pretty large church in town. He said, one time per month? Yep, that's exactly what we're experiencing. That's what most people do. One time, I'm, sh I'm shocked if I see them more than once a month. Even the people that had been my faithful attenders, even, you know, even like baby boomers, they're, the, they're like the, the cream of the crop, right, with faithfulness to church. It's happening all across the board. This, my friends, my family, believers in Jesus, is not acceptable. I thought it'd be really hard for me to talk about this, but I'm not. I'm very confident. feel the Holy Spirit on every word I say. Not acceptable. It isn't. It's, it's terrible. And my, I asked my wife uh, about a week ago, because I was afraid to talk about this, and she encouraged me. She said, if the shepherds of the church don't talk about stuff like this, no one's going to. No one will. You better talk about it. And, and if you were to, to compare it with a coach, like, I'm not, a co I'm not in the best shape possible. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to run more. I'm trying to walk more. But it happens like once a week. I think I'm going to do it every day. It's not about physical, but I am, I am your spiritual. I am a spiritual coach to you. In fact, I might even be considered the head coach of New Song. Maybe you hate sports. I happen to identify with them very closely. So it makes a lot of sense to me. My wife was telling me, you're the coach. If I was the coach, I would say, you know what? All I have in my notes here is coach. So who knows what I might say right now. Do you know what? Now, not necessarily last week, but we lost last week. Do you know why we lost? <laughs> Where were you? You didn't show up. I'm looking at the empty seat, okay, because not you. Maybe it's you, but it's not you, all right? Where were you? You didn't show up. You expect Jesus to do his work through just my sermon? What a farce. That is so unbiblical. The only reason people are strengthened and encouraged is because of a building? It's because of the people that are in the building. When the people aren't there, I can't do what I want to do, God would say to you. Where were you? Were you sleeping in? We had a game against Houston. They're the hardest team in our conference. Do, do we just let that week go or we forfeit? We forfeited that week. I walk home that day and say, wow, that was a miss. We could have won. We win every week if we're, if we're doing what God's called us. He tells us where the, we win, we have victory. I could take it a little further. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. What if, what, if the, 
what if a football team, you're like, okay, move on. What if a football team didn't have their wide receiver show up? And like, they're getting ready to do this play. They throw, where is he? He's not here. Where'd he go? I'm throwing it to nobody. I guess, I guess you would understand this because you're Bronco fans. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the wide receiver doesn't show up or the, or the kicker doesn't show up or the quarterback doesn't show up. He doesn't even show up sometimes. You're like, you understand that one, okay? So I say to you, move back to the notes. It's almost like if you tell your kids something, like there's things like my wife makes fun of me when I'm trying to talk to our kids about um, hard things. She's like, that's as harsh as you get with them. When you know it's something that's good for them, so you press in and you tell them. Like I'm talking to, my, to one of my sons about, um, well, about drugs. I was, I was talking to him about it and who knows what it sounded like. I thought I was telling him, this will not help you. Do not try this. It's not worth it. I probably was like, you know, you know, I don't know how I said it. But I'll press in all the more anyways because I know it's a situation. I need to tell him because I know I can help him. This is something I know helps us. Something that you say, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, just be reminded again, okay? We must not forsake the assembly of ourselves together, especially as we see the day approaching. Yes, I see vacations. Good, do them. I do them. Yes, I see the kid, the kid that's sick, the child that's sick, and then the next week they're sick, and the next week it happens from time to time, yes. But when we unknowingly, and people are going to be listening to this online, listen, you're listening online, I'm putting emphasis on this, and this is not because you're online because you weren't faithful. Some of you are faithful. You just couldn't get out of your house because it's snowing. I know. But when we unknowingly unprioritize the house of God, the worship of God, we're one generation away from just like closing down. Close the doors of all the church. We're one generation away from the church being extinct in the United States. When we start to do this. When we have the collective presence of God, when we have the corporate anointing, when we have the, um, what's another good word? Um, when we have the cooperative working of the spiritual gifts together in a gathering of people, we grow. People grow. We are encouraged. We go out and to face the world and we thought we couldn't and then we can because we had each other. And we thrive and we see God's kingdom come in Colorado Springs as it is in heaven. But when we don't do this, we have problems. I hear more and more. This is maybe not sitting on anybody's toes here, but, you know, I can go to heaven without going to church. I hear that more and more, right? That's like, oh, the Bible says I can go to heaven without going to church, so don't mess with me. Maybe you can. 
There's no Bible verse that says that. The only Bible verse I can think of that says, oh, you did this and this and this. Well, I didn't never know you. That's weird. Never, never knew you. But when we think we can make it to heaven without going to church, I would say this. What about the blessing and the benefit that you learn by going to church that keeps you from doing what you shouldn't be doing? We miss out on benefits that keep us from walking the walk that Sunday mornings bring. Now, this might not be to anyone else in the room, but since we're on the subject, I'm going there, okay, just for a minute. Am I all right? Is it all right? Is it long? I get tired preaching. Like, that's why I preach 20 minutes. I'm going to take a break for a minute. All right. Uh, I'm not that tired, but I just hate long preachers. I, it drives me. I don't hate them. I just am like, seriously, can't you say what you want to say and be done? But sometimes you can't, so I got to keep going, all right? This is, I want to speak to those who have children and grandchildren, and um, some you can't help, some you can't control. But um, we show them that church is optional by our actions. We might tell them church is important, but we show them by our actions it's optional. Oh, I'm going to church, but you know what? Something else came up. I didn't even realize it was coming up, but it came up, and I'm doing that instead. That's better. That's more fun. I'm going to do that. I want to know all these things that are so fun at 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday. There's not that much going on in the world. Um, Actions speak louder than words. It's a slippery slope, particularly for kids. That's why kids are so important to us. Next week, I'll talk about this. I'll talk more about those kind of things, purpose and and the nuts and bolts of it. But kids are so important. That's why I can't seem to ever get Cynthia out of kids' ministries sitting in the service because she's like making sure everything's going good because we want our kids to know Jesus. And you know what? They can't sit on your laurels. Yes, you know Jesus. Yes, you might be going to heaven. Yes, you might be okay, but they're not. They can't just go to heaven because you knew Jesus. They need him. They need to get to church, and they need to get to places where that's, that's encouraged. They must know his voice. And when we come one time a month or less, we show them, oh, it's not that important for you. It's not priority. Actions speak louder than words. So I'm, I'm amazed at, you know, people that work, right? And, um, and they keep a job. Like, how do you keep a job when you, you can't even show up for, like, you, you would never miss work, right? But we miss church, and, and maybe that's fine, but I think it has to do with your eternity. So it is important. All right, all right. Would you, my brother, come soften the blow here, play something real nice, play like happy together or something like that. Take a, take a break here. Would the worship team come? I don't know. Maybe yet, not yet. I got some more to say. Just want to challenge today. Everybody smile. Nobody's mad at you except for me and God. Just kidding. Just kidding.
I told you. Like you, you come to a place. You come to a place in your ministry, right? I've been doing this like 28 years or something like that. I say something like that because I'm trying to be humble about it. Something like that. And uh, I've been here seven years or something like that. I can't remember. And um, God wants to do more. He does for such a time as this. And I'm not being fleshly to say I'm, I'm tired of just okay. I want God to bust open the doors, whether it's, whether it's financially, whether it's attendance-wise, whether it's spiritually, whatever it is that he wants to do. I want to see miracles here. I want to see, what I really want to see is lives changed, right? Besides just us. I don't want to be worried on Tuesday. Is that person's lives changed? They've been here for four years. They sh- I hope it is. I shouldn't be worried. I want to be worried about, oh, what about that person who would never come into these doors? How do we reach them? I don't want to be coddling the, the sheep, Right? Like, neither do you. You don't want that. We want to be proactive, reach people. I know there are people, even though there are literally churches on, like, every single street corner, there's still people that don't go to church and never go to church and would never go to any of these churches but ours. God put, the, put us here because we're the only ones that will reach them. Oh, leave it up to new life. Leave it up to discovery. Leave it up to whatever. No. Some of them, they'll never go there. Some people, they want a church that's small. They want a family. They want someone that the pastor's going to talk to them. They want certain things. What's really sad is I'll see, this is going on to a different subject, but they'll come, sometimes they'll come, and they're supposed to be here. And guess what? The tight end didn't show up. He was busy on a date with Taylor Swift. I don't know. The tight end doesn't show up, and he's the one that's supposed to reach them. And now they leave, and they never come back, and they never go back to church. Because the only person that talked to them was me and Thomas and Cynthia and Pat and maybe four or five of you that just talked to everyone. Juanita. Right? So I'm ready for such a time as this to the Lord. I tell that to him. I'm ready. Do what you want. And he says, I'm waiting on you. Get your team figured out. Get your team. Uh, like, like get, them, get them ready. Like, some of them don't even come in uniform. Like, what's going on? Here's some, some challenges. You'd say, I don't need that model of tithing. Um, I don't need to follow it, okay? Then don't follow it. God doesn't need our money. Yeah, for sure, he doesn't. You think God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. He doesn't need your money. What he's after, though, is your greatest American idol. He's looking. What is it? Is it your pocketbook? I, I think it is. He would say, yeah, it is, because obviously... You don't worship me with that. It's called worship. He so wants our hearts. 
He wants our hearts. Jesus says that over and over in the New Testament when he's talking. It's a matter of the heart. Imagine if I told my fiance. I don't know if you knew I have a fiance. No, just kidding. But if I did, imagine if I told my fiance. I don't know anyone that might in the room. You know, I love you. I'm not going to follow your like principles, your values. But we're going to stay married. We're going to get married. I love you. And then the fiance says back to you, this is God, because we're his bride. Right, my brother? We're his bride. He'd say, well, do you know what I value? I value my house. Oh, I value my house. I value it being a house of prayer. I value my people that are in the house. Here's the church open it, see all the people, you know, that thing. That's who I value. I value them being together. I value forgiveness. I value people who are loving and not judgmental. I value holiness. What are you doing? Can't marry you yet. Maybe I can save some of these sentences for another day. I will. Let's get to work. Remind you, you're royalty. You're prince and princesses. You're God's children. He's called you for such a time as this. Not to please a pastor. If that's what it's about, you won't get blessing. Not to be religious. Not to fulfill a requirement. Not to check off a box. That's for the wrong, that's the wrong heart. But we, out of love, out of worship. I wonder if God would say, just test me. Try me. Watch me. Watch. Do you believe me or you don't believe me? If you believe me, watch. I can't wait to bless you. Maybe I'll hit this another day. You know what I'm saying. Let's get ready. Let's get serious. Worship team, would you come forward? I'm just putting this away. I brought my Bible as well. This is my Bible. This is not really a Bible, but kind of a Bible. We're going to worship. We're going to sing some songs. What's the next song? Gratitude. Let this be an opportunity to talk to God. Let him minister to you. Let him work on your heart. The Holy Spirit's like speaking. He does when he honors his word. The Bible says when you preach something when when the word goes out it does it's not void it's going to do what it's going to do it's going to work you just do your part sometimes i forget that i forget i think i gotta be super inspiring the word does its part but imagine if this is us i love my bible i work i follow my bible oh this part about holiness Oh, no. I don't need that. That's terrible. Let me read. Okay, my Bible's much better. Oh, this part about being not judgmental to others. No, I don't need that. I was going to do this with a real Bible, and Cynthia's like, you're going to offend people, so you can thank her. But I think it would have gone really good if I did. Oh, I can't forget. You don't know what they did to me. Can't do that one. 
All right, my Bible's better. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I tithing. Oh, my Lord. No, thank you. Oh, it's right there, too. Oh, it's right there. Forget that. No. All right, I love this Bible. Oh, Hebrews 10, do not forsake the assembling of your... Well, I got... I. You know, I work on Sundays, so, you know. And that's, that. You, you can find a church. They have church on Thursdays. Life Church has church on Mondays. Go figure. Go there if you need to, if you can't come on Sundays. I'm not going to forsake this. I'm going to forsake you. And then we got our Bible. Yes. Well, I'll tell you. And I'm not criticizing any church in this town. Hopefully, they all go by the Bible. They would never do this. But our church is going to go by the Bible. And, and sometimes it'll be uncomfortable. And even I even would go so far as to say, perhaps sometimes we don't allow the Bible to make us uncomfortable like it should. I don't present it in such a way as to make you realize how uncomfortable you really should be. But I'm going to do better. I'm actually am. I'm having a commitment to God too. Don't expect things to be too great. But, you know, I'm expecting... If it's uncomfortable, fine. Do what God's called us to do. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. If they, if they don't participate in worship, it's not your fault. All right. I, just want you to... I wrote down a prayer to close. Take some time now and listen to the Holy Spirit. But oh Lord, you see our hearts. That's a good thing and a bad thing that you see our hearts. You know where we're at, you know what's real, you know what's authentic, you know what's really going on. So I say, give us strength to follow your word, wisdom to obey you, joy to walk it out, challenge, convict, transform. Change us into instruments that glorify you better than we do already. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen.
but think of our oldest son. And I'm not saying this because of what he does. I'm saying this because of his heart. Uh, Tim, our oldest son, uh, didn't walk with the Lord the way he should. He was raised in the church, and but he would kind of be on the fence. He'd be serving the Lord, and then he'd be doing his own thing, and then come back and serve the Lord and doing his own thing. But today, he works for a ministry, and we're so proud of what God has done in his life. But what I wanted to share was that one year, he was sharing with me that he had given 37% of the money that God gave him back to the Lord. He tied 37%. And he said the reason he did it is because what God had did for him. And I've always <laughs> obeyed because God's word said so. But when I saw that, that Tim gave out of a heart that was, that was thankful for what God had did for me, for him, it ministered to me. And so when we give, it's because of what God has done for us. And then also, I thought, if somebody wasn't there for me the day I accepted Jesus as my Savior, where would I be today? And it was in a church. And it was people in the church that ministered to me. And so I know how important it is. We don't come to church to be ministered to, although it was really great. But we come to minister yes. to one another. Yes. This one is your thing. Yes. And thank you. Good word. Good word. We're going to close with a song that we started with about his, he won't fail. He won't fail. He won't fail you. And I see this picture. I'm going to ask you to stand in a second and just time to declare this for yourself. You're going to place a stake in the ground. Wherever your choices are, whatever your decisions you're making for the future, at least make this decision. For such a time as this, trust. It's faith. It is faith. But trust that God called you to be his child for such a time as this. With your family, with your situation, with your job, with your marriage, with your church, with your city, with your school, with your things that are going on. This is the picture I see. I see the, the, the Marines going up the hill. I think it was called Iwo Jima. And there's a famous picture where they're placing a stake in the ground. They're placing, they're, they're proclaiming that we're going to take this ground not for the kingdom, it was for America, but we're going to take this ground for the kingdom. God has given me a new ground he wants me to take. I'm tired of just getting by. I'm tired of status quo. I hate to say that because that sounds so cliche, but I'm tired of that. I'm, ti I'm time to stake a, a stake in the ground. And the picture that I saw was the same as the picture there is the statue. It's not one person. One person falls as they're getting up the hill. And they... <laughs> one person falls, they're getting up the hill, and someone picks them up. I mean, Christians, we don't got this down. Marines do. Nobody's going to be left behind, right? 
Christians do it all the time. Let our yes be yes, eh, maybe. Let our no be no, nah, maybe. Be consistent, nah, maybe. Be faith, nah, maybe. Marines don't quit. And they're going up the mountain and they fall, they drag the person with them. When they got up to the top, there wasn't just one of them, they were all there. One's holding onto the back of another, holding onto the, and they're all like, putting it in. They're putting it in the ground. And I'm being emotional and I'm being dramatic because it means a lot to me, but also that's the church. We don't do it alone. You need each other. We, we fall on the way of the hill. I'm going to help you up. I'm going to go all the way down and find you. Okay, you get the picture. You get the picture. Would you stand with me? Would you place a stake in the ground, whatever that stake is, whatever that new commitment. Hopefully, you're making some kind of new commitment today. If you're watching this later, if you're listening to this in your car, would you take a moment? I actually have to be very intentional. You take a moment that you heard this. Would you place a stake in the ground? You could even sing this song with us right there in your car, right there on your jog, right there in the doctor's office. You stand. No, I'm just kidding. Let's sing this together and then we'll close. We're going to sing it 12 times. Just kidding. chip is right back there there's a black box there's there's where you can put your offering if you need to put in your offering today the offering box is locked until our bookkeeper comes it'll be fine there if you want to put it there um i want to encourage you that if you have a um football team that you have that disappoints you who won't they won't fail you today they will not fail you i promise they will not fail you. And some of you don't know what I'm saying because they're de- there's no football. It's the first week we haven't had football in a long time. Nobody's playing, so they won't fail you. The Broncos will not fail you today. You can rejoice in that. God bless you.